Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oi, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy? Aye. You'll find out in DG247. Pie, 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 p
to see the back of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that should be the right. pull quote. <laughs> quite, glad to, quite glad to see the back of the review, not the game, to be right. fair. Quite glad to see the back of it, four stars. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, just to clarify, you're not going to pick Final Fantasy VII Rebirth no, for this? No, no, I've, I've, I've got an interesting pick because, you know, this podcast is not. Uh, it's, it's not, not for real opinions, it's is not, it? It's not. It's not absolute. Like, <laughs> right. If I was actually picking the best game that's on multiple discs, it probably would be one of those classic PS One era. You've sort of got Resident Evil Two, and you got Final Fantasy Seven, Eight, Nine. Right. Um, my mind also wandered to a lot of PC games yeah. that shipped on two discs. Like I immediately thought of Command and Conquer. And, oh yeah, and stuff so like that. Um, yeah. And then, but then I thought about it a bit more, and I was like, I know exactly what I want to pick. Actually, have I got it? Have I? Have I? Have I got? Have I? There it is. I'm pretty cool, is. sure I can see my pick on that shelf as well. Right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now it didn't. This didn't actually ship on multiple discs on all platforms. To be fair. Okay. Um, so I've got the PS2 version, which did ship on one disc. But my <sighs> pick is Enter. The Matrix. Oh wow! Um, no way. Which ships on multiple discs on PC for sure, and I think also GameCube. Yeah. Um, but I mean, basically, the reason this game ships on two discs, and this is the reason that I that I picked it. The reason it ships on I was, actually, I think on PC it may have been three discs. But the reason it came to mind uh, is it includes loads and loads and loads of film <laughs> so if you don't know i don't know if, if for people who don't know about this game um it's a really bizarre one um because basically when they were making the matrix reloaded and revolutions the second and third matrix films which they made back to back they had a third photography unit that worked on the movie that basically was filming uh Hopefully you can't hear dogs barking. It's a it's a busy day here. Yeah, um, we can a little bit, but it, but you could just claim that that's because you're in Birmingham, right? Yeah, right. yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Sure. Car cr- car crashes and and uh, and dogs barking. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it, it, they had a third photography unit working on the films, and basically the the Wachowskis had written a bunch of extra material that was sort of extracurricular that took place at the same time around the Reloaded story, mm. and. So basically, it's, it's really weird. So like at the start of The Matrix Reloaded, that, that that movie opens with the captains of the various ships having a meeting in The Matrix. And Morpheus and Neo and Trinity, them and their ship, is the last to turn up to the meeting and everyone's like, you're late, we've been going for ages. And that's the perspective in the movie. In the game, you're there at the start of the meeting and so you have like this five-minute scene with real actors on the real sets that you know leads up to the moment they walk in and then they walk in it's sort of it's fascinating because in many ways it's like the biggest budget fmv game ever made because obviously (laughs) they were able to use all of the sets and all that sort of stuff even some of the effects and obviously the stars as well so it's like jada pinkett smith casters niobe one of the captains and and morpheus's ex-partner and all that sort of stuff and she plays a big role in Reloaded and, well, a, a medium-sized role in Reloaded and an even bigger-sized role in Revolutions. But she's the, one of the two dual protagonists of this game. And so every time it goes to a a, 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 um, 
a real a real life cutscene. It is Jada Pinkett Smith and da 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 da. da. Um, and the, the version, like I say, I just picked up the PS2 version off the shelf because it was the first one I saw. But the one that I had as a kid that definitely shipped on two discs was the GameCube version. Not sure about the other versions, but GameCube obviously had those small GD ROMs. Um, it's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's a multi-disc think, game, it but it wasn't yeah. on everything. Um, but it just depended on the disc size. But yeah, it's just I just love that the basically the only reason that is a video game where the video game part easily fits on one disc but because they were shipping this cine- this dvd quality cinematic stuff on the on the disc as well and it's not like it's an extra it's it's tied in it's webbed into the game and actually in some ways the the story of reloaded in particular doesn't it does make sense in the film but it doesn't make a thousand percent sense actually unless you play the game and you sort of like again a really good example is they have that uh, they have the car chase down the freeway, which, in my opinion, is probably the best car chase in cinematic history. It's, it's that of the Blues Brothers, right? And yeah. um, and they have that chase down the highway. And at the very end, Niobe turns up out of nowhere uh, and rescues Morpheus. And obviously in the game, you play the moments of her finding out they're in danger, her getting on the her getting on the freeway herself and trying to catch up. So there's a driving stage, da, 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 leads up to that moment. And then a level ends and you sort of see that happen from her perspective. I just, ah, it's, it's so good and it's so cool and it's so unique. And it's astonishing to me that no one, no one has made an attempt to do something like this again. So it's sort of like, you know, you think about Star Wars, right? And you think about Disney's built, some standing sets for things like Mandalorian and Ahsoka and they've obviously got all their volume stuff and in volume they've got all the backgrounds that they can just project for certain scenes certain planets whatever and it's sort of astonishing to me that no one's gone you know what what we should actually do is is film a bunch of real of of live action cutscenes and make use of their sets I think part of it is because games now have obviously got so much more the level of fidelity has risen so much. Right. Um, you know, they, they, the level of fidelity has gone up so much that there's an argument that you don't actually need to do um, to do real-time stuff. Like, there's a Command & Conquer spiritual successor on Steam. It's not out yet, but it had a demo out, and I forget what it's called now. Really quite nice, though. But that the cutscenes in that are totally the Command & Conquer cutscenes, but they've done them all in engine because the facial animation and stuff is so good. But part of me is like... Uh, I want that campiness on a set that looks like it's from 80s Star Trek that's wobbling and is a bit crap. Yeah. And, you know, Reloaded is that, but it isn't that because, like I say, it was all done to literal Hollywood quality. Um, and it, it, it's sort of mad for me. It's mad to me, actually, that in all the reissues of the Matrix series and stuff like that, they've never just put out the cutscenes from this game on a disc. <laughs> Yeah, so playing that game is the only way you can watch this stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's day. one of those. And actually, so when um, Matrix Resurrections came out a couple of years ago, I went on a big Matrix kick. I was a big fan of those films. Yeah, like it's, it's it's blasphemous to say, but when you're talking cinematic trilogies of that of that time, uh, I was always far more interested in the Matrix than Lord of the Rings, um, which is not you know, um, and 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 that isn't to say I think. I think the first Matrix film is a better film than any of the Lord of the Rings films, if yeah. I'm being honest. But obviously I know the sequels are deeply flawed, but I went on a huge Matrix kick. Not a so single was... cool flip in Lord of the Rings. Exactly. 
Well, like, well, you got, and when they do cool stuff, it's sort of, it's sort of camp. It's a, a bit, bit fucking... rubbish, like when Legolas does his uh, the big elephant thing. Yeah, I'm thinking about. I don't know if that's Lord of the. I don't know if that's Lord of the Rings or Hobbit, Hobbit when he like does a skateboard grind down a yeah. banister or whatever. Um, yeah, when Lord really of the Rings terrible... did cool stuff, it was still a bit Radio Four, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But basically, you know, I, I went on a huge Matrix kick, and so I watched all three films back, like literally, I think three times. As like, I'm going to absorb all the details yeah, yeah, yeah. before I watch the new one, uh, which Same. I liked. I liked Resurrections too. So it's fucking I know a lot great. Of people didn't. And uh, greatest but, epilogue of all time. This is obviously this is a game that is not um, like readily available anymore. So it was like, oh, I've got to go to one of the abandoned ware sites and download the disc rips and install the PC version in order yeah. to see these scenes and play this game. Right, but... The, and the game bit is, I'm not going to pretend like it's uh, it's it's game of the year material, but it's a good fun third person action game with the Matrix slow mo and the stuff you want and. Um, a lot of games from that era really do not, really do not uh, hold up, and I think it holds up just fine. So yeah, I mean, Enter the Matrix, like I say, only multiple. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure about PC, but definitely on GameCube. I checked that before I uh, before I came on. I found a secondhand copy on eBay and was like, "Yep, there was a black disc and a silver disc, and you had to change discs halfway through." Makes um, sense. Makes so, a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. Enter nice. The Matrix. I. Uh... Yeah, that's that's a good pick. That is a good. I was not expecting that. No, it's a sick but pick, like especially so because like the reason it's two discs is that's the thing I love about it because it's a Wachowski thing as well. It's just it, like every aspect of this production is over the top. Well, they um, love video games as well, and you yeah, can yeah. tell that they love video games and they wanted to do their Matrix video game right. And I think the yeah, example yeah. that people talk about now when they talk about that is they talk about uh, the Path of Neo game which right. was the, the game that just sort of recreated the films, and those were all in-engine cutscenes. Yeah. Uh, but obviously they do a very interesting, fun, silly thing at the end of that game, yeah. which is yeah. quite yeah. famous Infamously, now. Yeah. Um, but I actually think yeah. the, the better example of how you can see how they love video games is in the sheer nature of what Enter the Matrix is. Putting so much effort into like the having like film footage in that game is really wild. Especially, you mentioned Star Wars. When you consider like the recent the equivalent that came to mind of Star Wars was the Fortnite thing, hmm. where the Emperor says a message to the galaxy in one season of Fortnite, and then he goes away, and that's just like gone forever. And that's kind of like a cheap whatever <laughs> yeah. quote. But like having all that actual film footage, have it like interlink with yeah. the film, kind of proves that they must care about the medium in some degree, right? Yeah, it's cool. Well, they wanted cool. video games to be actually a part of their story as yeah. opposed to here's yeah. a thing off to the side. I just oh, well, tried to end of the Matrix is canon, version. right? And like it's yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's actually canon. And like even the Matrix Online was considered to be like the actual official canon extension of the story. I'm not sure that Resurrections actually counted well, any it, of it. You know what? It actually sort of leaves it vaguely open in the sense that like, the big thing that happens. In, it doesn't tell you how Morpheus died, right? Well, the big thing that happens in the Matrix Online is that Morpheus dies, right? That, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's the big thing. And yeah. then the truth sort of breaks down. And both those things do happen Yeah, yeah. the Matrix yeah. Online. I've just looked. It's, 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 an, it's over an hour of cutscenes. So they basically, it's an hour and 16 minutes. So it's, it's, it's a good, you know, 50% of reloaded the film. It's pretty much... Um, Matrix 1.5. And they sort of do yeah. they sort of do the thing of they clearly didn't have access to everyone all the time, but they sort of make sure it's like, right, we can get Hugo Weaving for like an afternoon. 
So we'll get our Hugo weaving scene for the video game here. And, but then it's like, oh, the, the 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 twins who weren't particularly famous people who played the ghost guys. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, we can get them for quite a long time, so they'll be quite significant antagonists for the game yeah. and stuff like that. Those guys. The only thing I, I ever saw them in, other than the Matrix, was um, uh, world famous for dicking around. <laughs> Do you remember that Scottish jackass? It was like a bunch of guys in Fife who would like hurt themselves to make to get on telly. No, I've never heard of that. But I need, it was it's yeah. perfect. I need to see it. It was launched. Yeah, it's called no. World Famous for Dicking Around. It was on like Bravo or Men and, Men and Motors or something, and it was like, it was like they were like the fucking Blazing Squad. There was like fucking fifteen of them. These guys in this shitty little town in Fife, and it was like the, this. The, this is this is the British jackass. These guys are gonna make it. And then Dirty Sanchez launched like two weeks later and completely oh. sold, like pulled the rug out from under them. None of those guys are famous anymore. Oh. So. Were they on that before Matrix or after Matrix? Please say before the Matrix. Uh, after. That's a bit. Yeah, sad. it was definitely after because because they, they were like. Oh, they, they, were, they, yeah, they they were plucked from obscurity. Yeah, and then and then and then put immediately. Do you remember back the rumor obscurity? that they were the two guys from Bros? No. The, the, yeah, there was a rumor that they were they were the Bros twins, and everyone was like, "Fuck off!" And it was ba- purely based on the fact that one of them is now an actor. When I was young, I thought they were from Corn the band <laughs> but that's really not true not corn the mint right okay um one last let- thing i want to say that i love about this by the way is that at that time there were loads of people the matrix was really cool right so loads of celebrities wanted to be in the matrix and they gave a lot of celebrities like crappy cameos and reloaded but yeah. a lot of them actually have roles and line reads in into the matrix you've got like there's boxers and nfl players and people like that who are Amazing. playing matrix guys who they gave you know they gave a, a, a trench coat and sunglasses um <laughs> and a lot of those guys don't they're just standing in the background in the film but they get their moment to do some really ropey acting in the video game which i appreciate a great deal. fantastic i love it that's amazing that's pr- like they, they that. had their they had their little moment in the sun um okay cool uh right who do i want to hear from next um i actually know what you guys have picked uh so kelsey what have you picked okay so i have gone for a game that i'm technically still playing Mm -hmm. so please don't completely spoil the ending for me i know what happens but i don't know the finer details and i Mm. also think it's the game that might have inspired our pilot episode for this podcast oh if i remember correctly you are and that is red dead redemption 2 um, so yeah. I've been playing this at the moment because I'm obviously doing a big guides overhaul for the website and I'm currently on the epilogue and I've just been blown away by it and I wanted a good excuse to talk about it and this is exactly that. Um, obviously the main thing about Red Dead Redemption 2 which has had me so hooked is its story and its characters. It's just, it's it's emotional, it's intense, it's honestly quite miserable but there's mm. no denying that it is thoroughly entertaining. Um and these characters, Dutch, Arthur, obviously, John, all of them, like, they, you will love them, you'll loathe them, and ultimately, like, you'll mourn them in a way, and what they could have been. And that is the thing that's kind of got me the grip, got me gripped most. It's what is going to happen to these people at the turn of the century when the Wild West is sort of coming to the end um how are these people being affected how are they dealing with it and then on top of that 
something that I found very fascinating about it is how much it's kind of educated me in a way or in or at least inspired me to go and educate myself. I've noticed as I've been playing that obviously a lot of this is based on real life historical events, even the stranger missions and side quests, which are things to do with like finding UFOs or finding vampires and witchcraft and stuff like that. All these little things that might seem out of place that actually when you look back at history in the late 1800s, they're not out of place whatsoever. These were very big concerns and interests for people at the time and it's that and how it all comes together to make this world that is so thorough and so lived in that has just really really blown me away and the amount of times where it's like I've gone off and googled something that I've run into because I want to see what the actual historical impact of that was and how the historical events really played out stuff like the invention of the uh electric chair and things like that there's side quests about that and it's just so 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 deeply interesting beyond the emotional main story which is obviously what everyone goes to red dead for um and that's it there's just there's just so much to it that i found myself both overwhelmed and so so impressed um by this experience and obviously it is slow it is very very cinematic at times it's i kind of feel like and wish i was watching a western movie more so than playing the game because driving around riding on that horse for ages can become so tiresome but at the same time i think that works in the game's favor i think that's kind of how you're supposed to feel and it is it's just it's phenomenal it's absolutely phenomenal yeah you kind of feel like you you kind of feel the sore joints at some point right like yeah (laughs) especially obviously like um, spoilers in case anyone hasn't already played it obviously arthur gets ill in the later half of the game and especially then it's kind of like I, i feel fatigued in a way but it's it's from like obviously how long the game is at times especially those long traveling segments but it's also like you really really do get into this character in arthur and what he's all about. And obviously you get to determine what he's all about. Is he a big bad guy or is he actually going to be an honorable bloke around the Wild West? And how people treat him uh, really comes out as a result of that. And I found that very fascinating as well. Um, but all in all, I just think I think it's an incredibly special game. I think not only is it entertaining in and of itself, but I think the fact that it is to an extent educational and encourages people to go and educate themselves on these real historical events is fantastic it's not something that it's something that you come across often but not super often and not in this way and like this is a period of history that i was never really taught about at school so it has been really really satisfying to go and like dig into Mm. but yeah it's just brilliant it's a brilliant game i love it um it's one i think it's it's uh, yeah it did come on two discs and it was uh i remember people complaining about that as well they were like it's it's 2017 or whatever it was it's 2017 and we're still having to do that well yeah yeah because uh, yeah there's quite there's quite a few ps4 games that were like that yeah. right yeah. It, yeah it's it's a it's an enormous game enormous undertaking there's people are still discovering things in it now i think yeah like there's still reddits where people are trying to find all the secrets and all that you know it took every Um, part of me to not go ahead and pick silent hill 2 for this but after looking (laughs) at silent hill 2 i realized one was the game disc and one was the behind the scenes disc so i was Mm. like um i don't think that counts no it counts like that that counts for sure 100 percent like cool extra bonus content i i miss stuff like that like even even just having the leaflets in the What's it? The game box, even just having leaflets and stuff. I, I well, want those my back. Picks back in play. Yes. This right. might be total waffle, but I remember one of my favorite games when I was younger. This isn't what I picked. Was Gears of War three? The like a collector's edition box had like a disc that I think had like art on it. 
I yeah. think that stuff is rad. I thought it was Fuck rad yeah. then, and it's rad now. I, I know, not to disparage. I am going to slightly disparage them, but yeah, I go don't for mean it. to. Not to disparage people who worked on Gears of War, who are incredibly talented people, but I just imagine Cliffy B sitting there with crayons, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, like Red, Red Dead Redemption Two. For my, like, I love Rockstar games yeah and uh, for my money it's their best mm. it's their mm. like it, it, like everything that studio everything they ever did as a firm just built to red dead redemption 2 and i'm not sure they'll ever hit that high again it's so it's, so for yeah. and is it's just it has like that's absolutely blown me away when i first ran into mm. that vampire um little easter egg i was a bit like a vampire in red dead this feels so randomly out of place out of nowhere yeah, yeah. but then you go back and look at the history and look at like the main pieces of vampire media were i think there was carmilla in the 1870s and there was dracula in the 1890s which is yeah. when red dead 2 is set and it's like actually this makes perfect sense of course people are going to be like vampire yeah. f- like fanaticals and whatever same with ufos it's and the things like we, that um, it's actually so intrinsically yeah. like supposed to be there it's a very creepy game, isn't it? I mean, you you love horror, and yeah. like it's like Red Dead Two is not a horror game, but there's so much stuff in there that's genuinely unsettling in that old timey kind of freak show way. Yeah, I've had this conversation with James. I think it was kind of like chapter three onwards when you go into Saint Denis and some of the events after that um, with Braithwaite Manor and things like mm. it, it. It feels genuinely spooky and creepy at times. And especially yeah. if you go off the beaten track and obviously explore those strange emissions and these little Easter eggs, things get even creepier. And it did. It surprised me because I've seen I've seen plenty of like Red Dead Redemption 2 footage over the years, but I didn't. I didn't expect it to do that because I'd never actually seen anything quite like it. And then I went and explored and was like, whoa, there's definitely something for everyone here if you can make your way past that very, very slow prologue. It's so good. It's yeah. so, yeah. Are you just a Red Dead player, this is interesting to me, who plays like an honourable person, like you mentioned earlier? Or are you one of the people who tie up people and leave them on train tracks? Um, I'm sort of in the middle. It's kind of like I'll do whatever I kind of feel like doing that time but I am trying to be as honorable as possible because I know how that influences the ending and I guess I want I want the more positive ending (laughs) this game you want to have a good Arthur, but also yeah. tie people up and leave them on a train track. Well, already now, fun. it yeah, is as, really I, as, as I'm at the epilogue, a part of me is like, I kind of want to go back and play this whilst being yeah, the shittiest yeah. person I can possibly be. Yeah. So, and then there we go. In terms of like the kind of game that is, that just that open world sort of GTA clone, it's just, it's yeah. unassailable. Um, all right, okay. Uh, let's move on. Connor, what have you got? You know, two good picks. It's usually at this point in the podcast I would try and make fun of the other picks, but it's it's been a really good selection. Can I just say as well, before before you you get properly into it, um, when we said what the topic was, Connor was immediately my DMs going, I need to give you this before before Donaldson picks it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's it is. I mean, it's a fantastic game. But before I get into it, um, Tom isn't here, sadly. So I thought mm. I would take up the mantle of the storyteller <laughs> this time around. Oh, and this time it isn't a story from like years ago about like Audi or whatever. This is a story that happened this Monday. Um, lo- lots of discs is great. I like lots of discs. It's a bit inconvenient, but I think it's quite a nice 
little, I, I don't know. I like the more this, the better. It's like a weird thing of my brain, I guess. But we have to be conscious of the environmental impact of it. Yeah. And the fact yeah. that it does create a lot of trash. Um, as some of you may have guessed at home, I have a lot of trash just on the floor <laughs> in my room. Um, just like reaching down oh, on my no. desk. What's... What? Here's a bottle of hooch. Um, oh my God. <laughs> so I have a lot of trash on my desk. And this Monday at like midnight, I had a bit of a panic because I had done my big room clear and um, I couldn't find my wallet anywhere. My wallet contains my debit card, my work card, my ID, all of my sort of gift cards and loyalty cards, right? So it was a big deal. And I had the full room clear, everything. And I realized it's not in any of my pockets, not in any of my clothes, it's not on the ground, it's not on my desk where a wallet would be. It, there's only one place it could be, which is in the trash outside my house. <laughs> so at 1 a.m. this Monday, I shirtless went outside the house <laughs> and started digging through so my why, trash. Why shirtless? Because it was 1am and I was shirtless in my... It's, it's, it's Hang what on, you do is it not freezing though? It was freezing cold. This man does not care. <laughs> so I pulled out two, like, we have a shop near us. It's like a UK brand called One Stop. I pulled out two One Stop plastic bags filled with trash. Um, and I started rummaging through it in the garden. Yeah. Um, I did find my wallet. It was there. looks out the window, though, and sees a shirtless man rummaging is the, through the That bins. is the conclusion of the story. You totally predicted it. My neighbor, um, who's a nice guy, Peter, he's like a programmer, he's like 50-something, um, turned on the light in his back garden, obviously hearing <laughs> me rummage through the garbage at 1 a.m., and he did. He, he saw. He saw me go through the garbage, and I had to. I say. And initially, said, because the security light was reflecting off your back, he was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, I looked like a some sort of like. He must have thought it was like a cat or something, but like it was me. Fuck cat. Yeah, that's it. That's all. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said sorry. I wake you up, and he said no. I was. I wanted. To, I wonder if it was like something going through my garbage. I said, no, it was me. It was my own rubbish. So I found my wallet. I washed it off. Great, but it made me among all the deeply sort of like distressing, embarrassing thoughts going through my head. It did make me appreciate the sheer amount of rubbish we go through. <laughs> And with this podcast topic, I was like, we have to pick the game of the most discs possible, surely. <laughs> kind of reflect this, to reflect this sort of topic and the sort of the spirit of what I was feeling at the time, which is why my pick is Lost Odyssey. Yeah, I did think about this one. <laughs> a game, yeah, a yeah, fantastic, fantastic, fantastic RPG. Yeah. One of the best, not Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy of all time. Anytime I see it on Twitter, it's a retweet on site. It's fantastic. I think it's on sale on Xbox now for like three quid. Brilliant. Really, it runs really well on sale. Runs really well. Yeah. I think and the original game... I get it if it's like three quid. Yeah, on the original Xbox, when I played it, I think I'm, I seem to... I remember there being like long loading times and stuff because the game is just packed yes, full of so long. much good stuff. Yeah. You know, the Xbox 360, the technology at the time couldn't handle it. It was yeah. too good. Um, now it's amazing. I'm pretty sure when Lost Odyssey came out, you didn't have the install every game option as well. So no, just, you had to, you got to certain points disc. and you had to eject your disc yeah. and you had to put 
the second disc back in. It had four discs on it, and each disc had a face of a character on it, and it was great. <laughs> Lost Odyssey is a really emotional, fantastic RPG. It's got a great battle system where you've got a sort of like time when a ring kind of closes up um, at a certain point. It's like a quick time event kind of, but you get bonus damage if you match it. Mm-hmm. Um, story, fantastic. Especially as I've gotten older and I appreciate what it is like to forget things, including family members. Um, <laughs> the story of Lost Odyssey is, you know, amazing. Amazing cast of characters. The English voice acting is is is, is astounding. Um soundtrack turbo good constant bangers all the time amazing battle theme it's just dope and i think like for four discs you can't get much better bonus story when i was a teenager i had my 360 uh i had a 360 arcade which was crap um but <laughs> i had it for so long that i i dodged the red disc like the red ring of death, death issue but i had had it for so long that the disc drive stopped working Mm-hmm. So I had to like hack at it with screwdrivers and like manually pull the disc drive open and then close it shut, which worked for a while. And but it did eventually mean that I could no longer play my favorite games at the time, which were Lost Odyssey and Dead Space 2 came on two discs as well. That was I love my backup that. game. I actually love it. I saw you. You know, Lost, <laughs> Lost, Lost Odyssey is a game that I've had throughout my life, um, has, has been in my mind throughout many yeah. you know, difficult moments, be it force opening my Xbox 360 or rummaging through garbage. And I think that, like, it's a fantastic game on the most discs. So, you know. Yeah. Four isn't that many, though. Four is only the same number as discs. I thought you were going to find a game that came on, like, 12 discs or something it's like that. It's two. I, yeah. I can remember like, a few of them. Is there a game that came on 12 discs? <laughs> yeah, 100%. There must be some sort of, like... I suppose... I think EverQuest... I, I, I could Ever, never I think, get... I feel like EverQuest was, like, 10 or 12 CDs. EverQuest yeah. 2, 10 CDs. Black mm. Dahlia with 8 CDs. I played that. Um... Yeah, but speaking of Black Dahlia, I'm surprised that nobody has brought up uh, Ripper starring Christopher Walken, the, the classic <laughs> FMV game that well, came Omicron. on six CDs. I fucking played that. Omicron, bro. So good. It was, it was terrible, but it was great. Um, it, I even came on five discs. Wow. With regards to Lost smart. Odyssey, I want to say the thing that I associate Lost Odyssey with when it comes coming on multiple discs is the Western version came, on a, came in a bullshit box where... Um, rather than have like a book style thing with the multiple discs, wow. yeah, um, you would just have four discs on one giant spindle. On one spindle. Yeah. So the discs were attached to each other. And I, I remember very vividly, I got sent a review copy of that game because I'm that old, and that came like that. And I ordered the Asian copy because right. the Asian copy was the only one that came like that. Oh, nice. That's interesting. Like, oh. It was nice. the only one that came properly. Because I remember um, when I bought Lost Odyssey, I, like we were on like a seaside like little mini holiday of a family and i i used to buy old games like that were like cheap from game or whatever or game station um for like two or three pounds or whatever like, like cheap stuff and i remember buying lost odyssey and we had to almost immediately take it to like disc repair because it was a pre-owned <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah. pre-owned lost odyssey yeah. which means yeah. the discs that were at the top of the pile were scratched to pieces I love the idea that Lost Odyssey was essentially like uh, retail copies of Lost Odyssey were like one use, <laughs> one playthrough, and then it self-destructs. Um, these are really good picks. Uh, and now I've got a pick one. So... 
so we've got three like pretty incredible multi-disc games actually uh my job has been made incredibly hard by this right first of all connor mm-hmm. uh lost odyssey is it not a bit long-winded I mean, no, not as compared how long, to like. How long is Lost Odyssey? Your answer is. I think uh, it's like a hundred, ninety, a hundred hours. Like it's a, it's an RPG. It's a long RPG, and it's like bonus extra stuff you can do. But like it's not as long as Red Dead Redemption Two, you know, which is a, is and no disrespect, the most boring game I've ever played in my entire life. I think <laughs> I don't I don't think it I think it is longer than Red Dead Redemption Two. Didn't you describe Red Dead Redemption Two as like tiring? And yeah, like, it, it is made a you, bit it, it, made, it made you feel like uh, old cowboy with what did he have like, like that, on the brink of death? Tuberculosis. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you're supposed to feel like that. You know, think, you really want think... me to step into Arthur Morgan's shoes, but Arthur, uh, yeah. Arthur Morgan, Red Dead Redemption Two, if you do the story and no side quests, is between fifty to sixty hours. I think I'm on the epilogue now, and I'm on about sixty-two hours. Just like thinking just of the life choices as you stare wistfully at a realistic depiction of a horse's cock and balls. Like... I do love how a lot of that game is just like people telling Arthur to do some really shitty stuff and it's him just, just Dutch going I have a plan yeah. I have a plan loyalty yeah. and it's like please stop please yeah. shut up it's it like, sounds a lot of fun Arthur you have to go and be really <laughs> horrible to someone and he's like yeah guess you're right and he's really sad about it um, but he does That's it anyway part of the fun yeah <laughs> um, and then he dies and it's good um, but yeah so oh shit I'm not supposed to say <laughs> no, that I'm no, like, I know that spoiler. I know that wow okay. you can't, can't believe... it's been six years since the game released I can't, I can't, you can't believe... avoid the fact that Arthur Morgan dies I can't believe Jim right. spoiled it <laughs> I spoiled it for everyone I'm leaving it in fuck it why not <laughs> um, game shit anyway who cares listen it's not you a shit not game just it's, say one that. Of, it's one of the greatest of all time enter the matrix you know I really love uh, I love your reasons for it's multi-diskiness being why it's your pick but it's proper six out of ten though isn't it as a game uh, i think it's more like a, a high five seven. out of ten <laughs> high, a, high, it's a high seven it's, it's yeah. a high seven think, yeah it's a good it's it's decent i mean okay. I've, I've actually replayed it quite really i mean path of neo is better but um compared to some of the license shit that got put out then um yeah. it is a perfectly serviceable sort of um you know it's sort of uh what was that game called stranglehold yeah, sort yeah. of that before it was Stranglehold before they did Stranglehold in a way. Yeah, um, makes sense. Rest okay. in peace, shiny entertainment. Well, speaking of three sixties, I always remember Stranglehold as the game I was playing when I got my first um, Red Ring of Death. It's uh, it was Not with the Hong Kong bit and it just killed off. it. So, oh, the Kowloon bit. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Okay, I am going to go with. I don't know if people are going to be upset with me in the comments or whatever, but I look, I'm going to go with Red Dead because I just think it's it's just I've already described it as unassailable. I just think it's that good. But it's, it's just, so saleable. It's <laughs> winning my first podcast of the year. Let's go. I mean, congratulations. This isn't your Thanks. fault, girls, but like. It's just the most, like, I guess you and every other middling, like, internet commentary 
douchebag who Carlos about to go and too. dig through his rubbish again in <laughs> yeah I don't have to there's enough trash on my screen on right now on the last episode I, I, went <laughs> off, I went off on one about how like when Connor wins he's like really fucking smug about I it I haven't gone off on one raging. in ages I haven't you actually been last time no I know I said I haven't gone off on one in ages I've yeah, not been mad in ages winning. I've calmed you've down you've won loads of times and you're happy I've lost stuff and been like that's fair that's fine <laughs> this is absurd. it's always me it's always when you come against me like every right time. I need every some time Connor, now. This yeah. can't happen. You know, not, like that thing, time. every time Connor loses, he turns into fucking Sephiroth, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice of you, I suppose. Like, oh my God. I mean, um, hey, I guess if you like movies, but, it's yeah. that, that is one of and the look, best and movies. And look, Donaldson is like tired of winning at this point. So, you know, this is like a relatively new experience it for, is hard work. for He's it just is picking hard work. cool games he thinks is kind of neat. He's like, ah, oh, if I win, I win, whatever. Yeah, like, because he's got a lead that like it's going to take us 20 years of doing this podcast for anyone to match. So, wow. uh, right. Okay. All right. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is the best game that shipped on multiple discs. I'm going to now pick my i do my pick and um i'm still in two minds i've got two in my head but i'll uh, we'll go through it after this horrific theme tune I think I it, think because I haven't heard it in a while. Yeah, you know. Yeah, sort of just I bumped along to that, but that one. Fondness just made the heart grow. What was the saying? Fondness it makes goes. the heart grow fonder. It does. I mean, I Absence suppose it does. Makes you, you talk, Jim, what are your picks, man? <laughs> you, you totally George Bush that then. My my brain. You can't fool me again. Um, <laughs> to be fair to George Bush, right? To be fair to, to I mean, be fair to George Bush, that's a sentence that should never be said. Yeah, but in that particular instance, people like to say that that clip is him just being boundlessly thick. But what it actually is is him actually being quite clever because it's a politician going, "I cannot." He gets halfway through saying that and thinks, "I cannot be caught on camera saying the word shame on me." Yeah. Especially right. when you've just prosecuted an illegal war. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so you get fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, a fool man can't get fooled again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I it out, I respect it. That's, yeah, he yeah, it out, you know and then, uh, and then uh, all was forgiven because he did some shitty paintings. Yeah, do you know what, Donaldson? You've actually turned me around on George Bush. <laughs> He's like, I'm a Republican now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, okay. Uh, it, it boggles my mind that how fucked everything is that people regard him as a centrist now. But anyway, um, let's not get into that. Right, um, I, I had two picks in mind for this. Right, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'll, I'll tell you what the one I'm not gonna go with first, which was Oblivion Game of the Year edition, which is slightly <laughs> cheating. <laughs> is that the one that comes with Bioshock as well? No, no, that's um, it's just the one that comes with Shivering Isles, Knights of the Nine, okay. and all the other DLC we did, including Horse Armor. Um, did Shivering Isles ever ship on a disc? Yes. I feel like I have a memory of buying Shivering Isles on a disc. It definitely shipped on a disc. I don't have it yeah. on my shelf looking behind me, so I'm like, hmm. 
I could have sworn it shipped on its own disc. Um, Obviously, it wasn't standalone, but... Yeah. No, it wasn't standalone, but I'm I'm pretty sure you could buy it on a disc. Um, But yeah, the Oblivion Game of the Year edition had... um, The one disc was just the usual Oblivion disc, and the second disc was all the DLC that you could install from. You didn't have to download it. Uh, And it was... uh, Oblivion's one of the best games of all time. I don't need to explain that. But I haven't gone with that one because um, I've gone with one that nobody will agree is the best game of all time, but it's a special place in my heart. Um, uh, Frontier Elite 2 on the Amiga. What? Technically shipped on two discs, right? I feel young. I feel very young. (laughs) Because you had the game on one floppy disc. Yeah, we're not. It's not just optical discs, right? We called those discs as well back in the day, right? It flipped on, shipped on one floppy disk, but it also included a second data disk, which had loads of saves and scenarios and stuff. And, and I'm counting that as shipping on multiple discs, right? Um, and it was also a big box game release that included uh, a really thick manual, uh, a map of the galaxy, a uh, a gazetteer, which was like a load of short stories set in the universe one of which is uh, sequelized in Elite Dangerous because there's like um, there's a story about a, a, a cyborg bartender who's built into a bar in a space station and eventually buys the entire space station and fits it with hyperdrives and goes exploring the universe as a giant guy um, and he's in Elite Dangerous you can go and find him and, and dock with him and stuff and it's uh, it's wonderful it's brilliant <laughs> Uh, but this game, Connor, <laughs> you're, you're a disgrace, Connor. I caught that. Oh fucking hell! I just realised what. <laughs> if you say so, yeah. Sounds like a gym game. Favorite. I mean, it's a space game. Like, I mean, there we yeah. go. Like, of course, it's a space game. It's um, it's, it's, it's an open game. world. It's <laughs> one of the first sort of proper big deal. But like, obviously, the original open world game is Elite that came out like ten years earlier. Connor, for fuck's sake! Sorry, I listen to you. I can't believe I'm thinking it. You ruined this. This is a game now. that is very near and dear to Jim's heart. Connor. Very, yeah, like, no, no, I played this I as a child, and here yeah. you are going on about fucking docking. I'm, I didn't say shit. <laughs> Me. <laughs> you. <laughs> Talking about talking with people on this kids friendly podcast. <laughs> we have sponsors and stuff. Just imagining st- sticking blue Danube on when you do it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Well, you've ruined that. I've not ruined that. Space game. Yeah. Uh, basically, the Morrowind of its day. Uh, the Starfield of its day. <laughs> What's that mean? <laughs> What does that mean? A big, endless a big fucking space open, Basically, that whole live another life in another world thing. Frontier had that nailed for 1992, 93. Yeah. Uh, and I got obsessed with it as a child. It was the first video game I properly got obsessed with. And mm-hmm. uh, and it kind of informs like all the games I've, I'm into now, really. like You can totally look at, like, well, why are you in Elder Scrolls? Well, look at Frontier. Fucking, you're just cutting about. I mean, you can never get off the ship in Frontier, but, you know. Yeah. Jim's definition of a good game, you get to cut about. 
Yeah, that's well, it. Like, <laughs> cut about in space. Like, like, uh, are there any better games than ones you get cut about in? That's why I like, you know, we really enjoyed playing Hell Divers 2 the other day. And yeah. my favorite bit, we're like, well, you can, you can pick a planet to fly to. Fuck yeah. me, this is great. Um, yeah, so uh, Frontier Elite 2 would be my favorite game that, that, that came out on multiple discs. Um, but that's ever so slightly cheating as well but um, apart from that Oblivion is also Oblivion Game of the Year edition but you have to specify Game of the Year edition because it absolutely did not come on multiple discs otherwise um, but there we go um, I think that's a great god well, that, the three amazing picks actually I actually I genuinely struggled with that one but I just find Red Dead Redemption 2 just I mean if you compare Red Dead Redemption 2 with most things it comes out on top including I mean, yeah, Red Dead Redemption 1 which yeah, uh, j- joking aside it's like yeah. staggeringly made it's just absurdly big and absurdly detailed and absurdly good the Rockstar um, are very good at what they do very it is, good. yeah and it is like very specifically like no it, it's one of those games as well you're like no other studio could have done that it's just so it's it's extremely them um, well, I remember as well a lot of skepticism when it was announced about, well, maybe not like in, in like popular discourse, but sort of among uh, you know friends of mine and stuff. There was a lot of skepticism about whether or not it could. Is it even the same rock star anymore? Can it possibly be as good as the first one? Which I think at that point a lot of people considered their best game, maybe alongside GT Four. Right. The, probably the sued choice for favorite Rockstar game, right. um, and it absolutely blows the first game away, which is insane because the first game is still like up there. Um, but it, it, it does everything that the first game does, but better, which is like you know, perfect video game sequel, right? So yeah, wonderful. Um, thank you very much for that, guys. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you would like to leave us a five star review on the podcast app of your choice, please do. Uh, leave us a comment tell us what you would have picked uh, and we'll we'll no read it or uh, leave a comment having a weird like rant about Tom telling a story because we'll definitely read that we we'll read funny. them all we'll all the comments <laughs> about docking this week now yeah I want to see <laughs> ample comments about Jim's childhood infatuation you know there's a lot of stuff I don't quite understand Tom's job but there's a lot of stuff he has to put in reports that go to his bosses uh, you know, every time we tweet, every time you know uh, we we, uh, we we say something publicly on a video or whatever, there's a lot of stuff that gets sort of like. And what did Jim mean by that when he said that? So this is going to be a fun one for Tom to explain at some point later in his life, which is great. I can't um, wait for the end of year like company wide like <laughs> video call like recap where we have to put that that clip is going in. <laughs> <laughs> and every single writer at Gamer Network and everyone else in the wider company will have to see you save it. Well, I didn't say it. I, what I said was no, quite you are, innocent, you, No, it wasn't at all. It was your fucking you're a reaction a lot to it. You're a I didn't a lot say anything. I had a giggle about They won't know something. what Docking is. Yes, yeah, true. They have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Can you imagine Bertie even having no. that in his head anywhere, you know? I can't. Um, he's such a such such an innocent soul. Anyway, all right, we better shoot off. But thanks for that, everyone. Bye. Bye. Everyone wave. Bye. Everyone wave at the people. Bye.